Hey! This is JJ and Alex. I made a name for myself, I told you I won't be denied. As you wrap up your day, it's time to get your fix of the teams you live for and the sports you love. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Ball slip, pump fakes the baseline three. Drives to the block, to Osimor. Osimor, get it up there, yes, and he's fouled. Great Osimor, the bucket, and the end one opportunity. And the Aggies lead by five, 68-63, and that's over. Utah State gets the win, and they knock off the Aztecs. What a game tonight here in Logan. What a night there in Logan, my heavens, what a night locally for college basketball. Welcome to the program, JJ and Alex, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. JJ, do you have fun? Is that one of those nights that you had fun at your at your uh, job being able to go look at what we one get to One of those cover nights today. where I can't believe I just get to sit there and watch two great basketball <laughs> games, college basketball games, and watch both BYU and Utah State get huge top 25 wins. Massive. And it's one of the most, if not the most exciting college basketball seasons I've covered here in Utah, which is saying a lot. Right. And you think about the year that was, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of stolen from us with COVID, right? I don't want to talk about that. That that was a year. I believe. <clears throat> this is the makeup year for that because that because that Utah State team, phenomenal. Sam Merrill doesn't get a Namish shot. Kata, yes. That team goes to the Sweet 16. I promise you. BYU had just upset Gonzaga, number two Gonzaga that year. Yoli Childs. Oh, my goodness. TJ Haas as seniors. And they were, and they were going to be, they were going to make a run. Toulson, they were yes. ready to go. That team also could have been Sweet Sixteen, maybe Elite Eight. Gets shut down. We'll never know because of what happened, and it's but, sad and it sucks. But that was the COVID test heard around the world. By the way, Rudy Gobert's COVID test there in Oklahoma Dang City. <laughs> Dang it! If you remember, I so had the, to read the, I had to read the report live on the air. Yeah, you remember this? We were we had the printout and it was like somebody it was like old school Edward R Murrow situation. You got a fax. I get like a, I, I get, ran in with my cell phone and said, "Read this." Oh, Jeremy runs in with his cell phone and goes, and it was a statement from the NBA because it was first we're going okay this game is obviously something's going on we're 25 minutes in here and then they suddenly say the game the NBA makes that announcement boy that ruined everything didn't it wasn't that a Wednesday night. It was and all, the all the college basketball tournaments, except for the Mountain West that had already completed, were starting that Thursday, <laughs> but they had shut them all down. Right. And so players actually came out warming up in the morning at like noon Eastern, and everything shut down that Thursday. You remember the NBA yes. shut down Wednesday night, and then all of a sudden everything else shut down on all Thursday. The, all, the t- all the conference tournaments were all happening. And so the Big Ten's like, we're having this thing. Well, I don't care what's going on. Uh-huh. And then it was like, mm-hmm. No, no, we're having it. No, ours. I don't care what you're going to do out in your Western schools with your with your liberal presidents. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have our conference tournament still, and then the whole thing gets shut down. So Glad this is a over. makeup. This is a makeup. What I I'm hope saying so. is, I hope so. This year's the makeup for that year. It's uh, the it's the karma, if you believe in that thing, kind of restored back. And by the way. If you're Scotty G, you're getting a heck of a year to call some games with Danny Sprinkle. Every time we cross paths here with Scotty, he's like, I'm just waiting for this all to fall I apart. Know. And like it was a month ago, we said, well, he, he, it was. They don't, have, they don't stand the a chance. The train is still leaving the station, oh, dude. Oh, man. The bandwagon is rolling down the road. Jump on because the Utah State Aggies are good and they're going to the tourney.
And they're going to be a their seed line might change a little bit, but they're going to be like you said before. They've got four games left. <clears throat> they're going to be favored in all of them. The toughest matchups against New Mexico, and I, that's at home. It is at home. So you go to the spectrum. New Mexico, they'll return the favor because uh, the Lobos beat them down there at the pit. So I, I mean, this is a phenomenal year basketball wise. Utah, we're going to need a little bit more from you. We're going to need a little bit more from the Utes. All right. Let's get it going because we need those three teams in this year. All right, BYU don't, don't last night. Don't forget Weber State. You're all you're all about it. All they need is three wins in one week in in Boise at Starch, Starch Madness. Madness. Yes, and they're in too. And Dylan Jones is phenomenal, and that team is peaking at the right time. They've won six straight, so don't count out Weber State either. We could have potentially four <clears throat> men's teams Ooh. and one women's team in the NCAA tournaments both on the men's and women's sides, the Utah women still have a great chance if they continue to win to host again the first and second rounds. They're very close. They're one seed line away according to uh, women's bracketology on ESPN. It's a wild deal to watch this thing. So Utah State with the W, BYU with the big win over Baylor at home. Speaking of energy in a, in a building, we've got tons to get to. So let's start off the show. we got a shortened show today because – RSL, I don't know if you know this. There's a guy named Lionel Messi. Leo Messi. Okay? The Argentine sensation. Maybe the best soccer player in the history of the game. Certainly uh, needs to be in that conversation of top three. And RSL is taking on my uh, Inter-Miami tonight. And so we're going to have, uh, in just a few moments, we're going to have uh, DJ Bottom of the hour, we'll have DJ come on here with us preview. Not just this game against uh, Inter-Miami, which is freaking cool, that they get to play uh, against Lionel Messi. He's playing, right? Is he listed? Do they do the same? He's going to mess their season open? No way. Hold on a minute. Is this the same thing as, like, uh, do they have to do the same injury report stuff? Listed as questionable. Heal. You know, that that kind of thing? I don't know. All right, we'll get to the program here. we got tons to talk about. Let's start with the college basketball situation. And let's do it with the cut, and let's jump in right here. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with J.J. and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It's awesome, the home court environments in the Big 12. And the fans step up. You know, the programs are just outstanding. And when you have that type of support, from your fan base, it just helps your program so much when you know at home you're going to just take care of business. You're going to play, elevate your level. 14 threes by BYU. I mean, they're an outstanding offensive team. They're fourth in the country as far as offensive efficiency. Do that against the Baylor team was pretty impressive. That's Wally Zerbiak right there, by the way, the original brow, all right? He is uh, loving what he's seeing from the Big 12 in terms of the home teams, obviously. I do want to know why there is a – I want to know what the thing is that needs to happen for the respect to get there. And I'm the same way with BYU, by the way. And that win they – the win that they had last night. I mean, I'm a believer now in terms of how good of a team they are. You can't fake the stats 20 – how many games into the season now? 26 games into the season. This is not a fluke anymore. They this are 19 good. and 7. They are 7 and 6 in Big 12 play, which doesn't sound, uh, you know, super – that number – when you're 7 and 6 in the Big 12, 
By the way, the the number of teams that are four, five, and six losses in the Big Twelve. BYU's what a ha- did what did we say they were? Two and a half games out of the or a half yeah, a game out you of. You say seven and six for BYU, and and if people haven't looked at the stands, they'll grumble. It's like, well, that's not very good. That's like five hundred in conference play. They're a game behind Kansas. One game. The Kansas Jayhawks, the ninth-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. They are two games behind Iowa State, a team they've already beat this year. The Iowa State Cyclones, their national ranking is sixth. BYU has beat them right already. BYU's got three. They just beat the 11th-ranked team in the country, the Baylor Bears. That's right. They've got three top 25 wins this year, San Diego State, uh, Baylor, and Iowa State. The Iowa State uh, game keeps getting better and better. By the way, They've got to face Iowa State in Ames. Yes. <laughs> is it the last game of the year or second to last? Second to last game of the year. They still have to go to Kansas as well. Okay? But the idea that they could go 9-9, uh, nine and nine, right? Very possible. Very possible. They even might even be able to do 10-7. Could go 10-7, 10-8. Could go 10-8. Could go 10-8. If they go three and two in those final five, if they win their home games, they'll finish five hundred at nine and nine in conference yes. play. If they beat Kansas State on the road, which is doable, then they would have a winning conference record in their first year. When they were picked thirteenth, it's a fourteen-team league. They were picked thirteenth. Some people thought they'd win between five and ten games. I know Bill Self was probably the guy that just gets overall, the, not just conference. Overall, <laughs> Bill Self, I feel like gets the auto Big Twelve Coach of the Year most years. Yeah. Is Mark Pope in that conversation or is he do you think he's done enough to be the coach of the year in the Big Twelve? Yes. Like there's now is he the only candidate? No, there's I mean, look what Iowa State's doing. Right. Uh maybe that's maybe that's where he ends up losing it. Danny Sprinkle will be your Mountain West coach of the year. Like he's got it locked, okay? He should be in that conversation for national coach of the year. He won't get it because he should. Because if you're not east of the Mississippi, I feel like people don't care about you. Can I make a case for Danny Sprinkle? Yes, let me hear it. Okay. Danny Sprinkle took over a program that has zero points returning from last year. Not starters, not players, zero points. Nobody that scored a point on that Utah State team that made the NCAA tournament last year returned this year. Not one. He's doing this with a completely overturned roster. Now, there is some continuity. He brought a lot of his assistant coaches from Montana State. He brought three players from Montana State, which is helping them tremendously. But that's a, that's, that was like an impossible situation. When you're coming from Montana State, a big sky team, and you're coming to Utah State in the Mountain West, which is one of the best leagues in the country this year, they're going to have six bids. So this is not like going and having success at another big sky school or, or wherever it might be where you maybe could you, – you, you're a really good coach, and you right. can have success. This is a really tough league, and they're in first place. They're an all-alone first place, and, and their schedule, they should at least go three, or f- three for four and maybe four for four and finish all-alone in first place in a league that's going to get six bids to the NCAA tournament. How many bids is the ACC on three on pace to get? Three, maybe four. If you were to tell me that the Mountain West was going to double up maybe the ACC on bids into the NCAA tournament, yeah, right. Insane. But here we are. That's how good this that's how good this conference is. By the way, that's how good the the Mountain West in terms of western conferences, the West Coast Conference is not as deep, not even close to as deep as the Mountain West Conference. It's not well, no, it's not even close. Not even close. The Pac-12 
Not even close. Nope. They have the right now. Bracketology has Pac-12 with two bids. Wait. So who are they? Uh, Arizona and Washington State. So Utah is kind of on most of the. We were looking at the bracket bracket matrix before we showed up, and I think Jeremy, what did we say there? In fifty-four of one hundred and seven brackets, fifty-four of one hundred and seven brackets, they're likely a playing if they can. Keep it together. If they can keep the wheels on right now, if they could win two or three games in Vegas or two games in Vegas, they might be able to lock it up there. But we're not talking about an, an auto situation at all. And so there's a lot going on here in the state of Utah when it comes to basketball. The win uh, over Baylor last night that BYU had definitely goes as one of their best wins of the season. I think everybody's starting to find out that they that the Marriott Center fits right in with environments in the Big 12. You heard Wally Zerbiak talking about how crazy the home environments are in the Big 12. By the way, if you're at home in the Big 12, you just you win games. That's it. If you're at home, like Iowa State is gonna is probably gonna take it to BYU. Like it's almost a guarantee. Kansas, we looked at it. Bill Self is like 94% win rate as the head coach over the last uh, 17 seasons or whatever, however, however long, or no, it's, uh, Kansas overall over 22 they, years. They lose maybe once a year at home. Right. And so maybe the environments make a difference and BYU makes like fits right in. Here's what Mark Pope said uh, in the post game about where his team was at, because you take a bad loss like they did on Saturday against the worst team in the league and you look like garbage. Like, they're going to ask you of something. Mark Pope is going to ask you to dig a little bit deeper, and that's what he talked about was how energetic the team was coming out. So our energy, even though the score on the board wasn't exactly the way we wanted to start the game, like our energy was really good. Clearly the building was incredible. But our guys' energy and their focus on wedging was really good. And for us to follow up an 18 offensive rebound team with a 16 offensive rebound game, that speaks to where our guys' energy is right now. So it, it's really settling. We believe that make or miss shots, we're going to be fine as long as we're really crushing the offensive glass because it gives us second opportunities. These guys were incredible that way tonight. Uh, JJ, I appreciate all the wedging you do, by the way. Thank you. I don't think it's underrated. I put a lot of work into my wedging. <laughs> uh, do you think Mark Pope knew exactly what he had uh, and did this no. aw shucks thing? You don't no. think so? No, he's even shocking himself. Yes, I think everybody down there is surprised. Look, they, I think they believed in themselves, but you got to give Mark Pope credit for doing this during the off season because he could have hit the panic button. So they weren't very good in the West Coast Conference last year, right? Right. Last year was bad. Fifth, right? It was embarrassing. Yeah, it was. That's why we had the projections. You're like, you're going to play like that in the West Coast Conference in your final year, and you're going to, you think you're going to go to the Big Twelve and have success? No. Good luck. Yeah. So it was, it was actually, I mean. No, you're not going to blame anybody for saying that team's not going to win more than five or ten games next year. They're not going to win. They're going to finish 13th out of 14 teams in the Big 12. Made perfect sense, right? Because they basically rolled the same roster back. But that's the genius is he decided, you know what? I'm not going to hit the panic button. I'm not going to go portal crazy. I'm going to I'm going to roll with these guys. We're going to we're going to believe in our program. We're going to believe in our development. And we're going to expect all these guys to come back better. And they did add a piece to Ali Khalifa. What a great addition that has been. Wild. What a great find by Mark Pope and his staff to bring in the right player that they needed with the with the core they already had there. Jackson Robinson, um, Dallin Hall, 
But they needed a Spencer big. Spencer Johnson. Right? They needed a big. They needed a big and, and a skilled big. Can a, you believe how well he? I'll call him a Euro Lions. big, right? Uh, look, is he is he Nikola Jokic? No, come on. But they have kind of the same body type. It's the same style of play. <laughs> it's the same kind of role he plays. Kind of that high post center point guy where he's making a lot of great passes, getting the ball moving, and he has the ability to step out and hit threes and hit shots. I, I actually was so last night he we don't get to hear from Ali Khalifa that often, but this is Ali Khalifa in the post game talking about kind of his role in last night and just what he saw because they knew BYU was a three-point threat, and so he took advantage, and as a passing big, finding those cutting smaller guys was a huge part of last night's success. I was just being more aggressive. I feel like the team's been pressuring me a lot. I'm just trying to figure out how to be effective on offense still while they pressure me. I feel today I was just aggressive getting inside the three-point line. We've been emphasizing this with Coach Pope and the bigs. Um, yeah, just being more aggressive and Guys were cutting wide open because people were scared of us shooting threes. So we were getting wide open layups, and I was just all I needed to do just to pass the ball to them. All right. You got a guy who has the skill set that he does, and it's a wild situation for BYU. They suddenly find themselves above 500 in the Big 12 with five games left. And that's a spot that nobody imagined they'd be in. But you know what? Here we are. It's a gift from the basketball gods this year, JJ. It, it, it was much needed. It, we needed something to talk about this time of year, didn't we? Could <laughs> well, you imagine I think, if everybody was eleven and uh, and sixteen right now in the uh, state? Yeah, like we would be in a bad spot. I mean, outside of Utah State, that was basically what last year was, That's right? What, yes. It was just like, uh, you know, you, you, it was hard to get any excited about college basketball in the state. And you know, fortunately, the Utah women had a great season last year, which, you know, and they took advantage of that, and the spotlight was on them, and they delivered a special season. So they, they saved the year last year as far as college football or basketball goes, but now everybody else has joined the party, and it's fun. And it's a reminder to everybody who loves basketball in the state that when the college basketball here is good, it is fun. It is fun, and it's, it's fun to remember that March Madness is cool and the excitement in the buildings here. It reminds you of all those great memories you have from the past, of how great college basketball was in this state and how great it can still be. The move to the Big 12 for BYU, and let's be honest, Utah's going to join them next year. What a springboard for the running Utes to go join the best basketball conference in the country next year. And guess who's following them? Arizona, Colorado. Colorado's on the bubble right now. Arizona, obviously a juggernaut. So the Big 12's going to get even better next year. And... For Utah State, the Mountain West is outstanding, and it's not gonna it's not gonna take a dip next year. It's gonna continue to be competitive because all these programs have invested in their coaches. Every single one of them. Let me ask you this: Speaking of investing in coaches, I mean, I hate to throw a wet blanket on this. Okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> is it too early to talk about whether or not Danny Sprinkle stays? Uh, yeah. You, Sorry, you, you can't let Aggie fans have nice things, can you? You had to say it. You had to put it out in the But universe. listen, here's the thing I'll tell you, though. Because what did Blake Anderson do? He stayed after they won the, the Mountain West Championship, the very first year that he walked into the building. And, by the way, what's more shocking? That year in football or this year in basketball? It's got to be this year in basketball. Just because of the, the, the point you were making about how little was returning. Oh, you know or how zero that, was returning. That, that football championship is pretty special. It's their only Mountain West Championship, right? 
Yes. I mean, so and it was it was special and it was unexpected. It just was it was crazy how that came together. Uh, but Talk amongst right. yourselves I, whether or not the basketball season this year versus <laughs> the, versus the football season. Whatever last the year. circumstances are, just if you're an Utah State fan, just like enjoy this because it looked dark a year ago when Ryan, when Ryan Odom left. You were just in the NCAA tournament. The tournament game didn't go well, but you made the tournament. And then he leaves and he takes players with him, and all of a sudden there's nobody there, and you're like, oh boy, <laughs> boo. Right, and obviously we know all the issues with you know trying to figure out what the, the athletic director situation, the school president situation. It was just kind of dark, and I want to publicly say how great Jerry Bovey is to step in as the interim athletic director last year in a tough position, and to make a home run hire. But by the way, when we're when a they're... home, like I know that's a, ba- a baseball reference. I don't care. That's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> A home run, just absolute home run hire with their basketball coach. Danny Sprinkle was perfect, a perfect fit in the perfect situation and the perfect guy and somebody who is now on the radar of everybody around the country, which gets to your point, how does Utah State keep him? Let's worry about that March when the run's over because he is going to get some offers, I guarantee you that, because he showed that he's a special coach this year. The word is out. So Utah State's going to have a hard time keeping him. Hope they do. But if not, you know what? You trust that they're going to go out and find another great coach because they continue to hire great coaches going back. You know, Craig Smith was a great hire at Utah State. Ryan Odom was a great hire at Utah State. Uh, I know, but... Uh. I know it didn't last long, but that's okay. Okay, I'm, if you I've... continue to If you continue to hire coaches who win and then move on, that's better than hiring a coach that doesn't win at all. I'm forcing Scotty G to tell me which one of his kids he loves more. <laughs> it basically... <laughs> By I just I just text him. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what Scotty G says about it. Blake Anderson's first year in football at, at Utah State. What was more? What was a more wild and more crazy? Like we just didn't think that it would be that that much of a of a uh, of a year. He says this is from Scotty, and I think there's a little recency bias too because the guy is he probably still has some endorphins from last night still flowing through the. Oh, old I'm body. sure that was a wild night up there. Says Great. sprinkle by a mile, by a mile. These guys have no business at all being this good, is what he texts. Gary left some solid talent for Blake, and that was the difference. So that was the okay. difference. We just talked about it. How little was returning to Utah State? Zero points. Zero. Scotty's got a. Scotty's got a. He's got to quit it with the imposter syndrome stuff. These guys have no business being I know. this good. <laughs> Scotty, they're good. Hey man, enjoy the ride. Haven't man. they? Hey, haven't they proven it now? Haven't they figured it out now? The answer is absolutely. They're going to win the Mountain West, a six-bid league. They're going to be the winners. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament. I'm just telling you, and that's why, that's what I love, though. That's why I love how different this year has felt compared to what we thought it was going to feel like. So, phenomenal night last night for Utah State and BYU both. And for BYU, it's a it's an insane year. They're 19-7. and seven. They are 19-7 and seven on the year. By the way, so is eleventh eleventh ranked Baylor, also nine and seven. It's great so perspective. It's it's this is where this is where the Big Twelve is. It's just it's massively competitive, and this is why the NCAA tournament is amazing, and this is why basketball is different than football because you'll, you'll see this kind of change, right? You'll see the difference. They'll go, oh look, you're seven and six in an insane conference. Yeah, 
and we correct for that. And we make sure that we that the people who are really, really good basketball teams get a shot. All right, let's take a break. We will come back. Around the corner, we got DJ. Uh, David James going to, of course, have the call today on the very first game for Real Salt Lake. Inter-Miami, we're still we're crossing our fingers that Messi's going to be. Is? El Diez? He's playing, huh? The kid. He's not a kid anymore. He's old. He's absolutely old. But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm excited about it. DJ's going to come on and tell us what to expect for not just tonight's match, but also this season for RSL. It's the RSL opener today. We've got more to go around the corner. Stay with us. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. To the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. 97.5 KSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us on the program. Uh, big day here at KSL Sports. It's another firing up of the RSL season. And that means, of course, you're going to get all your matches right here. And you're also going to hear – you can stream them on the KSL Sports app. And, uh, man, this is a big one, too, to start off with. And so, of course, we get the voice of RSL on the program here with us. He is our very own David James. What's going on, DJ? I'm working my British accent so I can really be, you know, authoritative. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about that. We were like, how (laughs) how can we sound a little bit more educated on this? Just get yourself an English accent. We'll be fine. I know you you can't be Spano all the time, but, I mean, come on. Like, something goes for an accent when you're talking about (laughs) soccer. I had fish and chips for lunch, so that was my first investment. (laughs) Now I'm going to try and move from there. You should have had some. Uh, uh, you should have had some Argentine beef, considering the uh, the uh, the matchup tonight. Messi's playing, right? Like we're not going to fool ourselves. Number ten is going to be on the field, right? Uh, that is what I've been told. I um, I actually on our on the TV show we do for our cell every week talking around. I asked Brian Dunseth, and Messi missed a lot of games on this tour, and I don't think it was just rest. He wasn't trying to cheat the fans. You know, he legitimately. You know, was worried about it. You got to be really careful. Hamstring, calf injuries, soft tissue injuries can haunt you for weeks. You got to be careful if you start to feel tightness or a twinge or something. I think it's legit. How do we know? And he just started yelling at me, stop with the clickbait. He's going to play. So, okay. All right. We'll go with, we'll go with that. He's going to play. Yeah. Well, we saw what he did at League's Cup last year, and that was pretty magical and fun. Now the question is, can he do this over an entire MLS season and lead Inter Miami? all the way to the MLS Cup. Are they the favorites this year? And, and, and do you believe that Messi can meet the hype that, and the expectations that are, that are on his shoulders what, this year? Well, he humiliates people in the World Cup, so I'm sure he can humiliate people <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, too. in Major League Soccer. So I think when you ask that question, the specific question you're really asking is, can he handle playing in the heat and the humidity and traveling all over the continent? And... Now, as the league has gotten bigger, there's fewer east-west. What they preserved is home and home. So all the eastern teams play everybody at home and everybody on the road. So there aren't as many. I think they only play three western teams on the road this year. So that will help the travel somewhat. But nonetheless, he's going to be playing in heat and humidity. He's not going to have to play at elevation, so he's going to catch a, a break there. But, man, there's a long list of very accomplished players who have come over late in their career and found out 
they weren't athletic enough for the league or couldn't physically handle the demands of the league. Now, you know, I don't want to sit here and doubt Messi. But at the same time, if he has hamstring issues or he has calf issues, you know, he's, anybody – it can happen to anybody. I mean, Anderson Julio in his 20s in his prime has had, you know, multiple issues for RSL. But certainly as you get into your 30s, you get into your mid-30s, you get into your late-30s, it seems like the probability of that goes up. But, man, I can remember when he was – he wasn't here yet, but he was – it was announced he was coming over. And Kyle Beckerman came in to do a podcast. He was right down the hall from where you guys are sitting. And I just randomly bumped into him. It was just dumb luck. And we started talking, and I said, I can't believe it. And he's like, I can't believe it. But like, the word is in soccer circles that he wants to come and he wants to play every game. If he can't play 90, he wants to at least play 70, 75. He's not coming to be part-time guy. And I'm like, but Open Cup and League Cup. And Kyle's like, I know. The word is he wants to do it. Mm. So I think he's going to push himself. Mm. Now, does his body hold up or not? I have no way of predicting that. Uh, so, but in game one, you know, which is the only time RSL's <laughs> going to see him, is just in game one. Uh, this is the first time RSL's played Miami in the five years they've been in the league. Mm. And as the league gets bigger and they're adding another team in San Diego next year, there's just going to be fewer – it's almost going to become two leagues, and they're going to cut the travel way down. Because everybody, players complain about it, Coaches complain about it. Front offices and owners recognize it. They just the, the game's demanding enough without putting the travel on top of it. And, and they play for so long. And now with League's Cup, RSL played 46 games last year. Mm. You know, it's possible that you could play 50 or more, depending on if you're in Champions League and how deep you go in every tournament in the playoffs. Uh, do they I, they play 30-something that's actually MLS matches, right? 30, 34 regular 34. season MLS matches. But then RSL had three playoff right. matches. They had five matches in the Open Cup, and they had four matches. I really hope this adds up to 46. And they had four <laughs> matches in the League's Cup. The good news is, um, is neither JJ nor I will check the math. It's fine. Cool. <laughs> Communication, communications good. majors You're over good. here. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about, they finished fifth in the West last year, RSL. They yep. go to the playoffs. They've they've been in the playoffs last couple seasons, and this is a – this is a pretty talented team, but what does this year look like? If you were to make any predictions for what those Western Conference standings were to look like at the end of those 34 matches, where do you have them? Well, there's multiple things. First off, the way L.A. and Seattle have gone. Now, Seattle's had some turnover here, and LAFC does, but they seem to negotiate it. They, they lose star players. They get star players. Mm-hmm. Everybody performs at a high level. They don't ever seem to swing and miss on foreign players, on foreign stars coming in. Other clubs do, but they don't. So I think every year, if you're, if you're talking who's going to be in the top four, and you just pencil in L.A. and Seattle. Now, having said that, they both missed the playoffs. And when you're in Champions League, that can mess with your season, and it has messed with these clubs. But I still think, you know, you probably pencil those two in. They've got the budgets. They've got the players. They've got the rep, even when they have to do some rebuilding. Um, RSL could do it. And I think the wild card with RSL, and they almost did it last year. I mean, they would have been top four if – one of two teams had lost on the final day because RSL won and they were poised to move up, but both Houston and Seattle won and stayed in front of them. Otherwise, they could have finished third or fourth. So it's a fine margin. Teams are always jumbled together. It's usually, you know, everybody's parked on top of each other, and a couple of wins changes everything or a couple of losses. Uh, but I think you got to be looking top four. I think the one thing that, um, you know, people around the league will say is, yeah, but RSL is counting on some young guys and they're going to come through. Diego Luna has a leadership role on him he didn't have when Demir Krylock and Jefferson Savarino were here. And Andres Gomez is 20, 
let's see, uh, he's 21, I think. He's 21, and this is his second year. Now, he had never been outside of Columbia. He didn't speak English. He'd never been to North America. He didn't know anything about the league and the opponents. He trained well, but it didn't. He's in a position where you need stats. You need goals and assists, and they didn't add up in the way everybody hoped. And he wasn't as good a defender. I, I had someone tell me he played more defense in the first week of camp this year than he played all last year. Now, maybe that's a little dramatic and somebody's trying to get a laugh, and they did because I laughed. Um, but, you know, they need those guys to stay healthy and, uh, and play at a high level. And they're bringing a guy in from England, Crooks. You know, he's not going to be available the first game. He's a maybe for the second game. He'll be for the home, for the home opener. You know, he's 30 years old. He's been in the championship. He's got to be good or he wouldn't be playing at that level. But he does have to get used to playing at elevation. And he does have to get used to all the travel. Because when you're in England, lots of stuff's in London. And then there's bus trips, you know, of two or three hours. Uh, but the whole league there can be between, like, Salt Lake and Vegas or Salt Lake and L.A. And it's just, it's just not that way in North America. The team is the star has always been an RSL thing, going back to Jason Christ days when he coined that term with the franchise. But and we know in today's MLS, you're looking around, and there's just so many stars. You have to have some star power. Uh, who is that face? Who who has the potential to be the star, at least, for RSL? Is Diego Luna ready for that, or is it still Chicho Arango? I think it's definitely Chicho. Um, I think that uh, you're right about you know the team is the star goes back to Jason, and it's a small twist on it, but basically Pablo – Mastroni loves the phrase, if you're going to win, you need your best players to be your best players. Yeah. So I don't think you can say one star. You know, in the NBA, when there's only five guys on the court, it can be one star if the second and third guys are really good. They don't necessarily have to be stars. Uh, when you've got 11 guys out there, you need guys, you need multiple guys who really deliver. You can't, when there's 22 players on the field, one of your 11 isn't good enough. Everybody's got to be solid and then three or four people have to be excellent. And everybody, you know, everybody's got to be bringing the B plus. And then if you have three or four people out there who are the A or the A plus, now you're in championship contention. David James, of course, uh, always uh, making the calls on those RSL matches. And the first one of the season against Inter Miami is uh, today. You're going to get a an early start on the pre-match uh, right here on DKSL Zone, And then, of course, you're going to get uh, the call from uh, DJ. But before we let you go, DJ, what about – these two local teams last night who beat AP top 25 teams in basketball. I mean, and they're on the TV at the same time. I was at the, I was at a golf simulator watching it going, Oh my heavens, this is great basketball. And I was just like praying that at least one of them would hold on. And they both did. Look at you. You were at a golf simulator watching. I'm trying to, I'm trying to channel peak. I'm trying to channel PK here. Like not really do much work, but really, really make sure I can sneak golf in whenever I can. Who is living his best life right now? <laughs> Let's see a show of hands. Who is living his best this life? This guy right here. I got the golf simulator. I got the local team winning. I got the other local team winning. This is awesome. Uh, no. I wasn't at a golf simulator last night. Uh, well, you, <laughs> I didn't get invited. He was working. He's working. DJ was working. It's fine. Yeah, well, I was doing my homework, though. That was part of the deal. That a so. kid. A kid. Uh, I mean, it's awesome. I... I loved college basketball at an early age. It caught my imagination when I was in elementary and junior high school. I have always loved – you'll hear PK occasionally during the show, you're such a college basketball guy. It's just fun. And it's fun when the locals are good, and it didn't matter if I was living in San Diego or if I was living in Santa Barbara or if I was, uh, you know, here in Utah. I I couldn't believe it when I came to Utah and I realized that – 
um, in March in that era, Utah, the University of Utah hosted every other year at the Huntsman Center. And then one year it wasn't at Utah, like it was up at Weaver State. So you either traveled with a team or you were here and the tournament was here. I, I couldn't believe it. Now, everybody's built new arenas around the West, so it doesn't come to Utah nearly as often because, you know, Sacramento is hosting and they didn't used to, and Phoenix built an arena and there, Denver built an arena there. You know, the, the thing's all over the place now. Um, we don't get it nearly as often as we used to, uh, but it was awesome. And, and we just we haven't had very many NCAA teams here the last five to ten years. You know, we've had years with zero, um, and we haven't had very many with two. And now I think we're going to have at least two, maybe three. If it's a jackpot, depending on how Utah and Weber State finish, it could be four. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't seem like the way to bet. That seems very optimistic. But there's going to be at least two teams, it looks like, in the tournament, seated to either win or be in a toss-up game. Uh, right now, looking at bracketology, it looks like a lot of five, six, and seven seeds for BYU and Utah State. And they got games to go. So, you know, if you're in, if you're in eight, nine, seven, ten, it's a toss up. If it's five versus 12, you're seeded to win and it's not a guarantee, but you're definitely, the odds are in your favor, even though we know those are dangerous games. They're not locks at all. So it'd be great to have not just two teams playing a game in the NCAA tournament, but to have a couple teams advancing. Maybe one of them get to the Sweet 16. You never know. I think with all the transfers and with all the one and done, the playing field is leveled. And I think you can just look at last year's Final Four and see that. The Mountain West had a long stretch where they struggled in the tournament, and San Diego State crushed it and got to the title game. Right. Man, it's a, it's a really fun one when we can uh, actually celebrate the, uh, the accomplishments of these teams when you didn't think that they would. That's what makes it so much fun. So that's where we're at with this one. DJ with the call today, Real Salt Lake at Inter-Miami. It's going to be an amazing match, and we're hoping to get this one started off. Uh, I don't know with the W, but uh, my heavens, at the very least, this is this might be the one that everybody loves to watch the most all season long because of uh, who's going to be starring in this one. But uh, we appreciate it, DJ. We'll be listening uh, tonight and then also tomorrow morning. All right, six uh, five o'clock pregame, six o'clock. Everything gets underway. There you Excellent. Go. There's thanks, DJ. DJ. Right. Enjoy the appreciate call. It. There's DJ. David James. Hey, uh, he's on the radio in the mornings with uh, Patrick Kinney. Really? I didn't know that. So. Speaking of golf simulators. How long have they been on the radio together? What's the what's the number now? What's the lady saying 20, Titanic? What's the lady saying what's the lady saying Titanic? 22. When she's uh, when she's uh when she's pondering DJ, but we didn't when, have time. when she's pondering uh on the movie Titanic, it's been eighty years. Whatever. No, yeah. It's twenty plus. They celebrated their twentieth last year. So there you go. Just an amazing run. All right, let's take a break. We've got more to go around the corner. When we return, we will chat more about. Uh, we've got so many things to do, but we have a shortened show, so we got to get to. We got to get to as many things as we can here. Uh, our would you rather is right around the corner, so stay right here with us. Ninety-seven five DKSL Sports Zone. to get your brain churning. As JJ and Alex ask, would you rather? Welcome back. JJ and Alex, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Uh, today's Wednesday, which means it's a win ticket Wednesday. We'll be giving away some tickets. Um, in the next segment, David Locke's going to join us, voice of the Utah Jazz. We'll chat about uh, being one sleep away from the next part of the NBA season. I, I don't say the second half of the season because we are already well into – I mean, it's the last third of the year, right? Right. It's not – yeah, what, 27 games? 26, 27, something like that, yeah. So Locke is going to join us, and we'll give away some Doobie Brothers tickets. 
Which I'm sure I'm sure Locke is a huge Doobie Brothers guy. Oh, cue up the uh, Yacht Rock. <laughs> right, let's Where get it, it going. We'll have it. We'll have it. Don't worry. We're gonna. Okay. I'm gonna force Locke to listen to it on the way back into the uh, to that segment. But tomorrow we're gonna nominate or we're going to uh, read off for you our Hercules Hero of the Week, which is what we do on Thursdays now, JJ. And Hercules is in studio tomorrow. That, right? Oh, that's right. Hercules Credit Union is gonna yep. come in. So we'll uh, we'll read off the. Hercules Hero of the Week, and we want you to submit your nomination for the youth sports volunteer in your neighborhood or in your school district or in your kids' comp team. I don't care who it is. Anybody who makes a difference as a youth sports volunteer or a youth sports uh, worker of some type. Maybe it's that referee who definitely goes unsung. We haven't had a referee yet. We need one. We need a referee. They deserve it. Uh, Nominate that. That uh, Hercules Hero of the Week by just going to kslsports.com slash contest. Listen, every Thursday, we're going to read off that winner. And then courtesy of Hercules Credit Union, you get your uh, $50 Visa gift card. So there you go. But we want to honor those. We'll read them off on the uh, on the air, have a little tribute to them. It's nice. All thanks to uh, Hercules Credit Union. Okay. Short one on the uh, would-you-rathers. Go, co- go to the college football playoff. I'm I'm amending this. Go to the college football playoff or go to – I know it's 12 teams now, so, but I'm going to still say – I'll say the final four. So yeah, you can't. Final four. Otherwise, it's an easy answer. Final four or college football playoff. Mm. JJ, I want to – I was going to say something real quick. different Football's fan king. bases would answer differently. Of course. This. Kansas fans, though, where would they be at? Because they're like, we go to the final four all the time. I don't think a 12-team college football playoff would – would uh, top a Final Four for a Kansas fan. The question is, how does a Utah State fan answer this question? How does a Utah fan answer this question? Mm. And how does a BYU fan answer this question? I know it's a Final Four, though, dude. Like, I have to show some respect for Can you imagine Utah State making the college football playoff as the group of five selection? Yeah, but what if they're— It's actually very possible. But what if they make a run to the Final Freaking Four like the Mount West champ from last year did? Knowing the tradition of basketball at Utah State, I think that might top the playoff thing. I know that's crazy to say. At Utah, it's the college football playoff by a mile. The school's been to a Final Four. They've been to multiple Final Fours. I think that Utah fans want to get to the college football playoff more. BYU is a flip of the coin. No. BYU has never been to a Final Four. BYU— is the team in the country with the most NCAA tournament appearances without a Final Four? You. So I think I think for BYU, it's 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 still college football playoff. I tried <laughs> I to talk say. myself into the Final Four. <laughs> it's still college football playoff you for BYU. Say it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I tried. I, I can't either. So, so there you go. Uh, I'm I'm also on board. I'm and because I'm personally, I love college basketball, and I know the I know the importance of the Final Four when it comes to how big of a deal it is for schools florida atlantic was in the final four last year not florida florida yeah, atlantic but also fau but but also every year in the college football playoff you're going to get your two lanes your uh coastal carolinas liberty would have been in the college Boo, football playoff no see what i'm saying this past year in terms of the bar that need you need to clear is got to be harder for basketball the tournament's bigger yeah it is. the field is way bigger I'm still going to go football, though. College football playoff all day long. This 12-team college football Ooh. playoff, Alex, is just – I don't think we understand. But I want to be a top – I want to be a – I don't think we truly will know and understand until it actually is here and it begins, and we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. Why have okay. we not been doing this for decades? I think getting a bye in the college football playoff would be awesome. 
But I yeah. want rather be a five, six, seven, or an eight. So you can have that home. So game. you have that home game. Yeah. In December. I was talking to Mike Hedrick about this the other night on on the, on the air. Is explaining how this yeah, whole yeah, five yeah, plus yeah. seven thing worked, and I said, "Imagine, Mike, Ohio Your State, Ohio, being, State Ohio State being a six seed and hosting Notre Dame at the shoe in the college football playoff. Think who, about that. Who drives a louder car in the parking lot? Not like in loud in terms of noise, but a red, red, red car with an Ohio State. Everybody knows <laughs> whose vehicle that is. Everything Ohio State. And why do you need to put the stickers on a, on a, on there when we already know?" Got the license plate cover. I think that his license, I think his license plate is some vanity, something rather with Ohio State. Biggest Ohio State fan in Utah. Not not even close. Not even close. All right. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. David Locke joining us on the program next. The Jazz uh, take on the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow, coming back from the All-Star break. So we will talk with Locke about what he did during the All-Star break, what the point of the All-Star game is, and expectations for the next 26 games for the Jazz. Stay here, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. It's time to get the inside scoop on the Utah Jazz. From the play-by-play voice of the Jazz, David Locke. Sweet revenge! Presented by Murdoch Auto Group. Ow! On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. might be confused as heck because uh oh, i bet he vibes to this <laughs> he's jamming right now to michael mcdonald doobie brothers let's go hey Locke, is this your jam or what i i don't picture you as a as a yacht rock guy but maybe you are i was a classic rock guy for a while doobie brothers was classic rock steve yeah. miller band kind of fits in yeah, yeah. like when i we used to drive from la down to san diego slash tijuana um <laughs> <laughs> Never, never a good decision. Um, well, I went to I went to Occidental College, and our slogan was that ninety percent of the women in Southern California are foxy, and the other ten go to Oxy. And so we and we so we would that was probably because we were freshmen and they were uninterested in us. But let's be perfectly honest, we tried to spin it the other way. Um, so we used to drive down to San Diego State all the time and party. So that. Steve Miller band, which is kind of yacht rock, was completely our like. That was our cassette that tape in jam. the car. That was that was our that was the I five L A to San Diego jam was wow. Joker, Wall, Steve Miller. So that's pretty similar. Absolutely. I had uh, two of my buddies went and played out of Seattle. I don't know why they just got like the they they got recruited somehow to go play down at uh, Occidental football. They played football at Occidental. I didn't even know they had a football team until. Our two guys went. <laughs> they did. They they do now. I think they did at least. They the uh, yeah. They talked. They had. They Vance Mueller played for the Raiders. But there, that's right. Camp. They don't anymore. They don't. They don't anymore. That's right. Jim Mora, the head coach of the um, Indianapolis Colts with the legendary tirade, was an Occidental guy. And then, other than that, our other most famous alumni transferred. So, what does that say about my school? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, Locke, we have a reason we're going to play. We're playing the Doobie Brothers because we're going to give away Doobie Brothers tickets uh, a little bit later here. But 
Uh, well, this leads to a great this leads to a great question I have about these bands that keep traveling. At this point, what's better? Uh, actually, never mind because you have a sponsor who's supporting the company. <laughs> I don't know. JJ does this all the time. I get He's in like, trouble too. I JJ's like, I wouldn't go to the Doobie Brothers. Like, he just, I'm all these guys are coming. Up, they're coming to the. Well, come wait, on. Wait, it was the other. The, it was Bush. It was Bush. I ripped He's like, Bush. This is I was awful. like, this is the worst nineties rock. <laughs> and I'm like, now we're giving away tickets. I'm like, oh no, I got. I'm yeah. in big trouble. No, but we have we have the same questions about the guys who are traveling too, Locke. I'm like, uh, really? They're still together? I don't, wow. They need to I hang don't, it up. I don't. I don't blame them. Like, I think they should still be um, traveling. Like, yeah, it's, they're playing alive. rock concert. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. Like, I got no problem with it. My joke was going to be like, what's better at this point? The Doobie Brothers or a Doobie Brothers cover band? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, it's not. It's not. That's it's fair. a great question because you think about, I mean, obviously Pink Floyd is a little different, but like Australian Pink Floyd, like that's the band now, right? right. Like, that's the one everybody goes and sees. Right. I mean, obviously, because right. yeah. that's the way it is, but they are awesome. All right. Uh, so. What'd you do during the all? What'd you do during the All Star game? Did you watch the All Star game? Nope. Yeah. Really have a hard time understanding why people are bothered by this. I really, I, I really don't get this at all. Like, seriously, actually, I'm gonna be totally honest. Let me hear. And it. I hope you guys haven't been. If you've been sitting around complaining about the All Star game, you're just a sourpuss who wants to complain about stuff. Like it hasn't been any different for ten years, twenty years. Like, what do you expect? Like, I stopped watching a long time ago. I. I didn't watch the one in Salt Lake. I, I, I cannot tell you the last time I watched an All-Star game. It's uninteresting to me. Okay, it doesn't mean I should complain about it. Like, who cares? That was JJ's point, actually, on Monday. It was, uh, or on Tuesday, it was, you don't like it. The way you can get at it is by not watching it because the ratings are still. The ratings were up like 17% yeah. this year. So, Locke, people are watching it. So, what's the why would the NBA change anything if they're still getting good ratings and it's still getting attention? Everyone complains they don't like it, but people are watching it. That's all that matters. That's how you gauge this. I find NBA media really strange right now. Like, I just think there's this, and maybe it's society, there's just this ridiculous quest to complain. Like, oh, the players are too skilled, and the offense is too good, and there's too much offense. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, okay, there is. We're scoring an awful lot. That's true. The discussion, if somebody wanted to actually have a good discussion about this, is, Okay, scoring is at a record rate. Why? Let's start with that. That's an interesting conversation. And two, what does it mean? Like, how does it change the game? How does it change strategy? How does it change scouting? How does it change who you draft and who you acquire? How does it change how you build a team? These are the things that should be discussed. But instead, and maybe it's just because we're in soundbite society and because there's super popular NBA podcasts that actually don't watch games, like wow. that you, we now sit around and just complain about this. It, it makes no sense to me at all. There's a plethora of fascinating conversations to be had about the fact that we're scoring 120 points a night. We're scoring 120 and we're shooting 37% from three and usually eight out of 10 guys on the floor. In fact, I haven't seen a moment where eight out of 10 guys can't shoot the three. That's an incredible concept. Eight out of 10 guys at all times and often 10 out of 10 guys. And when we get to the playoffs, it'll be 10 out of 10 guys. After Minnesota gets eliminated, (laughs) that can shoot, that can shoot the three. That's changes the dynamic of everything. Where do you allow shots? 
what shots are okay to allow, like how do you defend? It's 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 nuts. Well, and I was thinking too. One of the things that um, we've discussed was the athleticism in the NBA has never been better. Like the the athlete is as tuned in as it's ever been. And you just tell me if you disagree with me, but but like by by you should see better defense just because of how athletic these guys are. But at the same time, the league wants they make it to where they can have more points in these games. That's why you get uh, the ratings. You know, the NBA gets the attention because. I, when I was a kid, I was watching the Bulls beat the, you know, the Michael Jordan Bulls beating the Patrick Ewing Knicks, ninety-one to eighty-six. You know, every other night, and that's that was also not that uh, was a high-scoring high game. That was and the, yes, that was one of the <laughs> higher-scoring games. So in the end, we complained back then because it was like, let me, it was crazy. If they scored over a hundred, you're like, what an embarrassment for the uh, for this defense. But to your point, it is that's what we're at now. Locked, it's cyclical, right? I mean, we talk about everyone's like, how is this going to? How is this? What are you going to do about this? Well. You go back to the '80s, and t- like, I think the average scoring in the in in a certain point of the '80s was 109 points per game. Like it's cyclical. Like the NBA will respond to the scoring in a way. This happens, and we saw it in the '90s. With, uh, do you agree with that? Like, somebody's going to find an answer to how to slow down some of these guys, and this is just how the league is. It's always trying to find a way to answer what's great with some other way to stop it. We may see some rule adaptations. That's what the league's always been great at. I'm not super excited for that, if I'm being honest. I'm a little nervous about that. No, I'm really not. Like, I mean, there's one or two calls a night that I think, like, okay, we're just being too nice to the offense. But, okay, then we're going to score 117 points. Right. Right? Like, I'm not sure I understand what rule change we actually can make that would make a difference because what we're dealing with is space, skill, and shooting. And if you have space, skill, and shooting um, that um, then you have a almost impossible scenario for defenses. Right? Uh, like Yeah. Yeah. I mean if guys are cutting and moving and slashing and the ball's moving and we're playing with pace. I mean, the analytics have had an impact, but one of the things the analytics have an impact is the quicker you get a shot off, the higher chance you have of getting a shot. So the old school, come down, half-court set, run a bunch of actions, get in the final five seconds of the shot clock. Someone looked at it and said, oh, wow, that's really interesting. We shoot 35% in the final five seconds of a shot clock, and we shoot 52% in the first 10 seconds of a shot clock. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Then, then, you, have a, then you have a formula, and so that's what the coaches are going to go by. Um, right. So, so yeah. what is so? What's the impact? Like, one of the things that's gotten real that's really interesting that we're doing, and Will Hardy's in the middle of it. It's a great discussion. It's a little geeky, I guess, for a national talk show, but it's super interesting. So, we lead the league in offensive rebounding. We also lead the league in allowing the most transition of any team in the league. Now, those there's all sorts of studies that show those two are actually not correlated. The old school thought was you can't offense three because you got to get back in transition. But the math now, if you want to do the math for a second, if you're getting, if you, if every possession is like 1.2 points of possession because we're scoring so much, and you're at zero because you just missed a shot and you grab an offensive rebound and now you got a new possession that's now worth 1.2 points, you actually have to give up three transition opportunities to, to be on the wrong side of that math now. Hmm. 
So suddenly offensive rebounding is way more important because possessions are worth more. Yeah. So that's the kind of things we should be talking about. Now, are the Jazz allowing the most transition league because we crash harder than anyone? I don't think that's the case. There's all sorts of research that shows that those aren't correlated. But are, is there some reason why it might be correlated for us? We need, that's something I'm sure we'll dug into during the All-Star break. Uh, speaking of the All-Star break, it's almost over. Thank heavens. Um, I was well, able to... If it keeps snowing 12 inches every day, we can extend this break another week. <laughs> I was going to say Powderhound Dave Lockett. I can only guess what you've been doing the yeah. last couple of days. So, Good for you. This is not, the last two days have not sucked. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Well, um, I was lucky enough to be able to do pre-half and post the other night when there was a, I mean, a historic shooting night for both teams. I, I don't, sometimes you get, a, you get that on one side every so often, but to have it from both teams and to have one of those shooters not be, uh, you know, on a night that Steph Curry is not shooting well at all. Uh, in terms of where that lands, do you know if you've ever seen a game like that that you've that you've called? So we looked it up, and uh, Tyson Ewing did this work, so give Tyson credit, because I asked him to. When we crossed over 83-point attempts, the two teams were shooting 50% from the field, from three. Oh. <laughs> like, you want to know why scoring's up? Because we had 83-point attempts taken, and they had made over 40 of them. I think we finished like 42 of 90 that night. So, and ironically enough, as Alex pointed out, the greatest shooter in the history of the game was not a partaking in this extravaganza. Steph Curry was like the one guy not making shots. This is, I think, crazy. Tyson Ewing said if the game had stopped at that point, there had been 30 games in NBA history now. Where over 83s are taken in teams in the combined level is like 50%. Wow. But that's just, that's the whole discussion. You can't legislate that, and it's only going to become more. But, like, to my point of interesting discussions, Houston and Detroit drafted Amon and Oswald Thompson, who are these incredible athletes in the first round of the draft. Neither of them can shoot right. at all. At all. Can they survive? Even though they're like, I'm sure might be the best, most impactful defensive player in the league other than Rudy already. But they can't shoot. Required to shoot in the NBA. Got to yes, do it. Yes. Uh, as, as we look ahead now, 27 games left in the regular season. What, what are you watching? What are you looking for? What do you want to see the Jazz accomplish in these 27 games? Um, so I think you still want to play. I'm going to go to Will Hardy for a second. Yeah. Like, Will Hardy's mantra is you still want to play important games. So, like, can we, we got Charlotte, San Antonio, Atlanta, Orlando, Miami. Like, can we go grab three or four of those next five games and get back in the playoff playing hunt? Like, sure. that'd be great because then we're playing important games. Um, if we don't, then let's make sure that we don't become numb to losing. Right? That you're just tossing games. Let's avoid that. And then I think you're looking at individual performances, and and I and then I think you got to you got to get a little hesitant about it, honestly, because I, I I've said this a lot. I you can you can really be fuddled by the final 15 games of the year or so if you're not careful. A lot of guys sit out. Guys can have really big games, look really good, and then the next year they come back and they're actually not that much better. 
Um, and so I think you have to be a little careful and like getting too excited about this as an evaluation for it time. But I do think like these are really important 22 minutes a night for Taylor Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Keontae's clearly going to be up at 34 minutes a night. Can he, I want to see Keontae play as hard as he did against Steph Curry most nights the rest of the way. You can't do it every night, but most nights. Like, there's a great phrase in coaching that a guy told on himself. And I don't think Keontae told on himself because that would imply Keontae hasn't played hard in other games. But Keontae showed us how hard he can play the other night. He was, inc- he was great. But, the, but the, the, he, the rookie shooting part that everybody was like, all right, that'll come. And Will Hardy said, it'll come. And that was the night that I feel like everybody was able to go – Oh, it, it, at least tonight, that's what the expectation might not be. Every, obviously, you don't ask a guy to go nine for 16 from three every night and 33 points. But, like, that's you've seen what this guy can do, and you've seen the explosiveness to the hoop is, is the part for me where I go, teams do not expect this from this kid, even though they've seen it on film. And a lot of guys can do it in the league, and he still is one of those guys that's very hard to stop when he's running downhill. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's one of the things to look at, the thing that I'm – his attention to, and focus on every possession that night was, to me, was different. His defensive effort on staff was different that night. Mm. All right, Locke. Tomorrow, he made, uh, he, made, he made a lot of shots, but actually, to me, the most impressive thing is how many shots he got off. Like yeah. that's actually the first skill in this league is can you actually get your shot off? Uh, and yeah, I think he started off seven for ten. And cooled off a little bit, but not much. I mean, he was he was just he was phenomenal. So it was it was an awesome night of shooting, and it was it was at least good to go into the break knowing okay they they that was a great fourth quarter by them. That was a really really good run, and it was it was just fun to watch too. So, uh, Locke, you've got the call of course tomorrow because uh, you're back to work and off the hill at least uh, uh, for the evenings. So the Charlotte Hornets back at home, second half of the season or the second uh, last third of the of the season is uh, right upon us here. So appreciate you joining us, and we'll uh, be listening, of course. Got talk to you soon, guys. Appreciate it. There All you right. go. David Thanks. Locke. Oh, I got tickets to give away? Doobie Brothers. It is a win ticket Wednesday, and I told you about the Doobie Brothers. I've warned you, you can win tickets to the Doobie Brothers. They're coming to the Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on August 30th of this year. You can win those tickets right now. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-9663 for you to be able to dip in and see the Doobie Brothers uh, at the Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater. So 801-575-ZONE, call number 12 right now, gets that pair of tickets to the Doobie Brothers. We will take the break here. We'll come back. We have more around the corner. We've got our NFL Blitz. We also got to get you ready for RSL. That's going to start up at 5 o'clock. Pre-game starts at 5, and your uh, match, I guess we call it pre-match. And then the match starts up, of course, at 6 o'clock with David James on the call. More to go around the corner, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All the latest news and notes from the league and the locals in the NFL. JJ and Alex bring you the NFL Blitz Ah! on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie. Jeremiah Jensen. Did I already mention this? JJ and Alex. It's all brought to you by the folks at G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G Bar is perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. And also, 
Trajan Wealth, T-R-A-J-A-N Wealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. All right, the NFL Blitz here, JJ. Let's uh, let's jump in here. Hey, did you see? Uh, <laughs> this is it's in the Blitz here, but I saw it on TV. There was a moment where they had there was a podcast that Justin Fields was on, and he was, you know, I don't know any number of these podcasts that these that these players have or their buddies or whatever. And Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears, right? You unfollow your team. Oh, what does it mean? In his case, he says, I just want to be, I want the noise to be over. I'm tired of the talk. He unfollowed the social media account to remove the noise. Well, uh, you might, uh, you might remove, you might remove how the does noise. How does that work? Oh, How's that removing the noise? He didn't want to get those alerts. You don't have to get alerts. Ding. Oh, no, the Bears! Like, the Bears just tweeted again. What are the Bears tweeting, by what? the way, on their social media accounts? Are why they does, saying why does unfollowing his team's social media? How does like they're not they're not the ones pumping out the, all right. the stuff that's surrounding no. his whether he's going to be there or not? They're, the Bears aren't publishing right uh, columns about mock drafts. Justin Fields or Caleb right. Williams. Who should we pick? No, my favorite is they're not doing that. Of why course does they're he not. Anyone follow him? That's why I was like, I'm going to go look and see at the, on the Bears account if they said. Drake May looks so hot right now. <laughs> like, or I don't know what they're saying. Like, oh man, Caleb Williams. Because who's their offensive coordinator now? It's not uh The Bears? Yeah. Wasn't that the guy from Seattle? Is it? Am I wrong? Because the whole thing was, oh, Cliff Kingsbury's gonna go there. They ended up at the Shane Walter. The commander. Yeah, Shane Rollins from the uh That's right. the Seahawks. From the Seahawks. Yeah. I should have known this. I just couldn't pull the name out of my head. So bottom line is Justin Fields uh, is tired of the talk, so he unfollowed the Bears. Well, don't worry. Just stay unfollowed. Just stay unfollowing them because you, you're not, you're not going to want to follow them anymore because you're probably not going to be playing for them anymore. Like, why do you have to be dishonest about a stupid thing? Just say, I'm following them because I'm, I'm pissed because... They're going to trade me. I know I'm not going to be on this team next year. <laughs> That's or, as easy or as just that. Not, it's just social media. You don't easy. even if you follow somebody, just stay off of it. Easy as that. Hey, uh breaking Bronco news here. We gotta get like a We gotta get like a Bronco sound. Like a like a let's get like a Okay. Oh great. That's gonna be our breaking news sounder for the Broncos. Breaking news for the Broncos. Uh, What's our Seahawks sound with <laughs> Kaka! That's Baka! it. Baka! <laughs> We've resorted to making bird noises. Is this some kind of like messed up trash talk we got going on here? It is weird. <laughs> There's the Seahawks sound right there. We just there. make animal sounds here on JJ and Alex. Well, breaking as people uh, turn the radios off along the Wasatch Front. Should I wait for you to pull that breaking Broncos uh, sounder? Yeah, it's a little bit, little bit late. A little it's bit late in the process. Hold your horses. Oh, I see what you did see there. The pun there. Hold your horses, Alex. So, Sean Payton reportedly really likes Michigan quarterback JJ McCarthy, which is also what you say when you don't want him, right? Like, That's total baloney. Draft. Oh, the draft. Uh, fake. You know, tweets and things like that. That's real. Those guys mess around. Now, Sean Payton likes J.J. McCarthy, apparently, but also J.J. McCarthy is also, like, 
every mock draft has him going to the Broncos. Would you be okay with Sean Payton uh, yelling at J.J. McCarthy on the sideline for an extended period of time (laughs) as your quarterback? (laughs) They just showed that clip of poor Russell Wilson going like, looking like down at the ground. That's Russell Wilson. I know. Getting a tongue lashing publicly from Sean Payton. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Broncos country. That's right. Okay, this is terrible. My high school coach, we had this guy on our defensive line. His name was um, Doug Mayhews. And Doug, we spelt his name on his helmet, D-U-G. Doug. Oh, man. Okay? <laughs> because he was a heck of a defensive lineman. He was not great in the classroom. I know it's a shock. Like, the whole thing was, you guys better get Doug. Uh, you guys better get Doug's grades up. <laughs> that was like <laughs> our charge. Get Doug's grades up so we can play. But I remember one time, our coach broke a clipboard over Doug's face mask. Whoa. <laughs> For jumping off sides like two ga- two plays in a row. That's terrible. I'm laughing about it. But this is what I feel like J.J. McCarthy would get. If Sean Payton is shouting down Russell Wilson, he's going to absolutely go ballistic on J.J. McCarthy when that kid can't figure it out. But good luck with that, J.J. Hey, as long as J.J. McCarthy has more touchdowns and interceptions, it would be an upgrade. All right. Wait, is that no? Russell had more touchdowns than picks. Well, two years ago, remember he had more. He had more bathrooms in his house than touchdowns. That's my favorite. In two thousand twenty-two. That's my favorite stat. Uh, This is relevant to Vikings fans, aka Jaron Hall fans here locally. Sam Darnold is apparently uh, there's some buzz for him to head to the Vikings. Now, that's still assuming. They're not saying he's the starting quarterback, right? Because Kirk Cousins is going to be the guy, right? Uh, I know he's going to be a free agent, but no one is going to say, that can't oh, be let's, just replace, let's just replace Kirk Cousins with Sam Darnold. That'll be good. Now, this is good news for Jaron Hall. I'd love to have Sam Darnold in the quarterback room to compete against. Right? Yeah, you have a better chance of becoming the starter. I know. Although, who was the guy last year? Josh Dobbs, uh, Mullins, right? Yep, Nick Mullins. Jeez. Oh, come on. Not nobodies. It's harsh. There's somebody. Yeah, yeah. They have a mom who loves them, okay? All right. Uh, Amazon next year, by the way, if you are one of those Prime members, is going to be getting a playoff game. Is it just one game they're getting and they're paying $120 million for it? Oh, my gosh. That is correct. That better pay off. One hey, game. Bezos. A playoff game, not games. Multiple. One game. $120 million. Hey, and you uh, know what? That's going to make them a lot of money. How much does Jeff Bezos earn in a day? Okay. I, I did a little Googling. <laughs> I know I did. Hold on. <laughs> Jeff Bezos's daily earnings would be estimated at $1.37 billion per day. Per day? His net worth apparently is just shy of $500 billion. And, uh... Appears to still be between he and Elon Musk, the, but $1.37 billion a day. You know what that means? He is paying one-tenth of one day's pay on getting a playoff game to Prime. <laughs> it's nothing. Come on. Jeremy, that's the kind of math we need on this show, right? That's the kind of stuff that makes you feel good about humanity. He really That's really his It says $1.37 billion per day. So he what, could almost buy a professional sports franchise with one day's earnings. He And if you're him, you tell Ryan Smith that. The next time you see him, you go, oh, that's cute. You're thinking about buying a baseball team for a billion dollars? 
I earned a billion dollars while we were having this conversation. <laughs> it's pretty sad, right? Wow. Oh, my gosh. I don't know whether to be impressed or absolutely horrified by humanity. That's terrible. As you purchase something on your Amazon <laughs> all, app. I know. I'm all. Anyway, can you get this to my house between 2 and 6 p.m., please? A pair of shoes coming tonight. I got, honey, I got to spend over $25 for this to come in the next one and a half hours. Can't believe Jeff Bezos makes one point whatever million million while I fill in my Amazon send, order for the day. Send, send, send. Oh, my 20th sure. of the month. I love how sometimes I get on this like self-righteous thing too where I go, I'm going to search this on a different site. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Where's my Timu at? <laughs> hey, Alibaba, what do you have? Timu. Hey, Wish.com, what do you have? <laughs> Isn't that, oh, AliExpress. AliExpress, that's the Chinese Amazon. Check it out. Don't check it out from your work computer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, all right. Don't do that. Next up on the old uh, NFL roundup, Caleb Williams does not have an agent entering the draft. Good for him. He's smart. How's that smart? Because why? he's going to be the number one pick. He already knows how much money he's going to make. Yeah, but don't you like, want to give would it? You hand, don't you want to give it to st- some guy who you don't know no, very well? No, this is stupid. <laughs> like, you're, you're going to be the number one overall pick. You know how much money you're going to make. Don't give whatever, 5 or 10% to an agent. It's already baked in. You already know what you're going to make. So would you go full Lamar Jackson and just never have an agent? Yeah. You would? It worked for it's Lamar. It's not 5 or 10%. It's a lot less than that. Who 3%. cares? Why, why are you giving somebody money that you don't you don't need to do that? Because then I don't have to call the GM and say, I don't want to be here. Tell the GM I don't want to be here. More players, when like they're drafted, should do this. Bobby Wagner negotiated his own contract. If, what, is he, what, do you do, guys, what do you do with that, These guys that, by just the don't want to deal with the, the problem. They'd rather have the agent do it. But most of these players, it's almost already known what they're going to make, especially if Bobby Wagner knows, I want to be the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. Right. So this is the number I want. Okay, let's go. Let's make a deal. Lamar Jackson, I'm I'm the MVP. Pay me this. Okay. I want to be the highest pay, I want to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. And he was for 10 minutes. So, Caleb Williams is doing the right thing. Don't hire an agent. You don't need one yet. He if, may need one on his next deal if you want if you want to negotiate that and it's complicated. Okay. But right out of the gate, more more rookies should do this. If you're going to be a number 1 pick and you know you're going to be in the first round, don't hire an agent. Well, I think this is that's rude, especially considering that I just passed the NFL financial exam, and I can now officially be an agent. There you go. So Caleb Williams, if you're looking you for somebody, a bad time because all these players eh. are going to have agents. <laughs> I love the idea of not having an agent, though. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. When we return, we'll get you ready for RSL. That pregame starts at 5 p.m. sharp right here on the RSL Radio Network, aka 97.5 The KSL Sports. And we'll come back. We've got more to go. A short best and worst, and we'll get you ready for RSL. Stay here, 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. <laughs> Wrapping up the hour with our picks for the best and worst moments on today's show. As JJ and Alex want to hear your best and worst of the day. All right, welcome back. It is 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. The MLS season. Kicking off with a bang, and RSL is a part of that. Inter Miami hosting Real Salt Lake. Can I say it? I saw Messi getting off the bus. <laughs> Who's bigger? Tell me right now. Oh, yeah, some fireworks for sure. That that dresses it up. Who's bigger? Taylor Swift or Lionel Messi? I want a full global 
breakdown. Who's bigger, Leo Messi or Taylor Swift? The Swifties. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart. Love uh, Argentina. Love Messi. Brought him a World Cup title. And that will satiate them for the next two decades. Like, honestly, that's a place that's like, it needs it, right? Messi's great, but he doesn't make hit records. <laughs> He's got how many Ballon d'Or? Hey, how many golden boots do you have? How many golden boots? Hey, Jeremy. Messy golden boots. Alex is Googling on the show again. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just seeing here. Messi's the all-time record winner of the award, having won six golden boots. That is so is that more goat than Tom Brady? Who's more goat? Tom yeah. Brady or Leo Messi? Now, Messi, in terms of like titles at Barcelona, he won a kajillion of La Liga titles. But he only has one World Cup. But there's nothing really to compare that with. I know when somebody says world champions in the NBA, I don't really believe it's it. It's apples and oranges. I mean, the, it's impossible to compare. Right. NFL, NBA, when they say world champions, it's like, okay. Although the NBA is a little bit more believable because it is more of a world. It's an international sport for sure. Anyway. The Golden Boot. He won a club record 34 trophies. Not bad. Ten La Liga titles. Ten. Yeah. That's more. Seven Copa del Rey. UFA, oh, yeah. UEFA Champions League four times and the 2021 Copa America and the 2022 FIFA World Cup. It's Messi over TB12. Sorry. I don't I don't disagree. That's amazing. Soccer has way more people who play it. And it's I a think, global game. I think that it is a harder bar to clear in terms of being the most the best, most recognizable player ever in him. And I'll put him over I'll put him over Ronaldo. I'll put him over Diego Maradona, I'll put him over Pelé. All right? He's number one. That's coming up in just a few minutes. All right. That's the uh, best soccer segment we've ever done. Dude, I sounded almost believable there. We dropped I read so all many that. facts. I read all of that off of a Wikipedia I, page. I knew <laughs> all of kidding. Lionel Messi's accomplishments, <laughs> career accomplishments. Oh, my You pronounced gosh. all the names of the soccer players correctly. Leo Messi. Yeah, yeah. Even Pelé. Pelé. Yeah. Got to throw it's that accent Pelé, on the last it's one. Pelé. It's Pelé. Rest in peace. Speaking of the GOAT. All right. Best uh, Shohei Otani is on track to start in the Soul Series. But there's also the Messi starting in the – which one's the best one? Now, oh, come on. That's Messi playing Real. Real is on the map tonight because of Leo Messi. I'm excited about Shohei, though. Shohei with the Dodgers is – I mean, this is Ooh. baseball's dream. Do you? Uh, by the way, one of the guys – speaking of baseball – one of the guys who I love is Ellie De La Cruz. Agree. He is f- like b- insane athlete. Hit a foul ball, hit Hunter Green, uh, or no, it was off of Hunter Green. It broke the window of Green's Mercedes Maybach SUV. Why do you have to get the Maybach? Why? During Reds because practice. Because he can. Actually, it's $204,000 you know vehicle. I'm switching way. that up. I'm switching that up. I'm going to say that's also a best. Look, he broke the wind. He broke the window or a windshield of a of a Maybach. That's like a thousand bucks, maybe. Isn't no, it? it's like I bet that's like five thousand. You know how much those cars cost? It's oh, crazy. All right, it's a two hundred grand vehicle and it's probably souped up. Oh, for sure, he deserved it. He can pay for it. All right, uh, you've got Real Salt Lake. You've got Inter Miami. That's coming up pre match. Coming up. Stay with us. Ninety seven five the KSL Sports Zone.